are you a bodybuilder or athlete or just interested in fitness in general and you've wondered, is it true that sleep is important for optimal muscle function? So this episode of Heard Online is for you. We're going to take a critical look at this commonly made claim. What a change has been so profound that I look full at the problem in the face. Like, okay, insomnia, do your worst. I'm not running from you. I'm not going to be scared. It's just something that's just so simple. Like the truth, the truth has to be simple. Otherwise, it's not the truth. I was so trapped in my head before. When I say my whole life changed, like my whole life changed. I'm Coach Daniel, and this is The Sleep Coach School. You know, looking at this, I want to point out that if you're particularly like a bodybuilder, weightlifter, or really into fitness, check out these episodes, Talking Insomnia number, number 76 and Talking Insomnia number 101, right here on YouTube. Ariane is a competitive weightlifter and Rob is a fitness coach. And both actually found very well, even if they didn't sleep much, and that when they stopped worrying about how sleep impacted their performance, it was so much greater. So I just, I didn't want to miss, miss a chance to tell you about those two episodes. Really, really, really uh, good, uh, strong um, interviews there. So with that said, the reason we're doing Heard Online List today is actually, uh, you know, there was a recent question in the comment section about this. So I want to kind of dive in. And it is not difficult to see why we can get the impression that we need to sleep a certain amount uh, for our muscles to function in the optimal way. If we Google sleep muscle recovery, we get a bunch of hits. The first one is sleep for muscle recovery, why it matters. That clearly seems to suggest that it matters. We have six ways to get better sleep for muscle recovery. We have seven benefits of sleep exercise recovery. We have a whole bunch of these. And we have this one, how sleep helps muscle recovery and growth. And this is from Aura. And this title, how sleep helps muscle recovery and growth, was the one I used for the thumbnail. But again, what is real here? Like, what is the actual scientific backing of these claims? So to look at that, we want to go to PubMed. If you're not familiar with PubMed, PubMed is a database where scientific studies are found. And so I actually went ahead and went to PubMed, of course, and I put in the exact same search query. So here it is. Can you see it? Yes, you can see it. And we are looking at a review article, but I, I just want to show you this. Like if you, you put in this exact same Search term sleep, muscle growth, you get a bunch of hits. And the first one didn't seem, seem to be relevant to us. So I looked at the two second ones, which seemed very relevant. Particularly this one, effects of sleep duration on acute skeletal muscle recovery after exercise. We actually got the entire PDF here, the entire study. This is from Datilo and colleagues, study from Brazil. And this study was actually, was actually listed in the original Google search. We just went to Google. This was actually there too. And this is a crossover study. So what they did was the following. They took 10 young men, healthy, who did kind of moderate exercise. They were not like not regularly doing strength exercises, just kind of like maybe jogging here and there, something like that, right? So they took 10 males and then they invited them into their lab and they had two conditions. Either they were allowed to sleep, you know, as they typically would at home, the same amount, or they were sleep deprived. And the sleep deprivation condition was as follows. So two nights, of no sleep. So they were kept awake for 48 hours. And then the third night, they were allowed to sleep again. So they had two sleep deprivation nights and one recovery night in the sleep deprivation condition. So that's a three night 
you know, condition. And then those three nights condition were when they slept, you know, as, as you typically would. And not only did they test or monitor sleep during the three nights that were there, but during the daytime, they would check like their muscle activity, right? And then they would care, people would compare against themselves. They would first come in, let's say in the sleep deprivation condition, and then maybe four weeks later or something like that, they would come back and they would sleep as much as they want to and they check their muscle strength. So people were their own controls and that makes for very nice experiments because there's not this compounder like, oh, this group was different than this group. No, it's actually the same group you're testing people against themselves. So what did they find when people were not allowed to sleep for 48 hours? Were they weaker or didn't, did they, or were they, um, or, or not? Well, let's head back into our study and uh, take a, a, take a look at that. So they used uh, something they call isometric peak of torque was sort of how they muscle, um, they me- measured uh, muscle output. And this graph is, I think the, the key one to look at. And so what do we have here? Well, on this axis, we have zero to four, you know, muscle output, how, how strong they were. And on this axis, we have time. So this, this is prior to testing conditions. And then this is like zero, 12, 36, 60 hours into the two testing conditions. So this would be uh, 12 hours after having slept as much as they would, as much as they did, you know, without restrictions and 36 hours later and six hours later or sleep deprived, right? So the darker lines, the darker dots here are the sleep condition, what three nights, no, no instructions. And the gray one is when they had, they were sleep deprived for 40 hours. And just looking at this, just eyeballing this, you see that they're very, very similar. But the question is always when it comes to scientific studies, was there a statistical significance between the two? Were they, was there actually a difference between the sleep deprived group and non-sleep deprived group in terms of muscle strength, I should say not groups, I should say conditions, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about. And we find the answer here. Maximal voluntary contraction. Maximally voluntary contraction, which is like their measure of muscle effectiveness and strength, demonstrated only a main effect of time, which means that, as we can see, if you go back to the graph, there was a difference when they were tested before coming into the lab and at the baseline during the lab. There was a difference between this and this, but there was no difference between the two conditions. In other words, sleep deprivation had no impact on muscle output, like, you know, muscle performance. Like 48 hours sleep deprivation had no impact. And again, I'm so, every time I, I find these things, I'm so, I don't know what the word is, I, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> is kind of my way of saying it, but there's such a huge difference between what we hear in kind of mainstream reporting from the actual findings of scientific studies. Now, you may say, well, Daniel, this was a, like a very small study. There were only 10 participants. And then I'll say, okay, sure, that's very reasonable of me to say. What about a review study? Well, the first one I looked at was actually a review. This is from Journal of Science and Medicine and Sport. It's a review article titled Inadequate Sleep and Muscle Strength Implications for Resistance Training by Nowell and Knowles et al. and coworkers. And so this is a very different study. This is a study where they reviewed the literature and they had initially like 1,700 studies but they had 17 that met inclusion criteria. And we, we can just jump right into the results. So what did they find when they looked at the, the literature on this, like more completely? So 17 studies met inclusion criteria, so they were enough quality to be included here. They were rated as either moderate or weak for global quality. And here we go. This is the finding. Sleep deprivation had little effect on muscle strength during resistance exercise. Right there, you know, the second line in the results section 
And when you see little effect on muscle strength in a scientific paper, that means that it was not statistically significant. In other words, they actually didn't find anything. If they had found the statistical significance, you know, they would have said, like, clearly, these two things are linked. What, what does it mean by they said there was the, what did they, how they word it again? They said there was a little little impact or had a little little effect. Little effect means basically that they, they may have seen kind of a trend or they may have seen one article that showed something. But the, the, the proper interpretation of this, I think, is that it was not statistically significant, so they did not actually find anything. We can conclude there, but I just want to point out one more little thing. When you publish a scientific study, it's, it's very hard to get published unless you find something. So authors often look really hard to find something to report on. And you can see these authors, after the sentence, sleep deprivation had little effect on muscle strength during resistance exercise, they say, in contrast, consecutive nights of sleep restriction could reduce the force output of multi-joint but not single joint movements. Results were conflicting regarding hormonal responses to resistance training. But this phrase here, in contrast, consecutive nights of sleep restriction could reduce the force output of multi-joint but not single joint movements. When I read that, the way I interpret that is, aha, they didn't actually find anything kind of globally on what they were looking for. So they had to really, really mine the data for some condition in which they could find something to suggest. So like, not multi-joint, but single joint movements that were not da 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 then maybe there was something there. So to me, it's kind of an attempt to say we found something when in reality there was nothing found. So yet again, like so often when we do heard online, we find that there is a huge discrepancy between the mainstream reporting and the actual scientific data, which is, I think, in my opinion, so very unfortunate because in our world, we know that so many people develop a struggle with sleep because they think it is important for some reason. And one reason is often fitness. Some of the things I gotta sleep more so my muscles, you know, so I can maintain muscle strength so I, can, I become strong. And that creates a pressure to sleep, which makes it difficult for us to sleep, of course. So I hope this, the Heart Online episode was valuable to you. And do know that if you're into fitness and health and, and exercise, that applies to so many of our students. So many of our students who struggle with sleep have actually had interest in their own health and well-being. We try to put out a lot of helpful information out there, but what can often help is to have in the information we put out contextualized for you personally. And if you'd like that to happen, head over to thesleepcoachschool.com, which is our website. And there you can book a call with a certified sleep coach who's had trouble sleeping and left the struggle, you can join a very nice supportive group uh, in our group coaching pro program, our Insomnia Immunity Program, which is perfect if the struggle with sleep has been more emotional for you because sharing emotions can be, you know, sharing where you're at and sharing your journey with other people can help so much when we are feeling vulnerable and feeling alone. On the other hand, if you're looking for something that is, uh, you know, convenient where you are working one-on-one -on -one with a coach and you send messages via text, you know, you can check out our, our, our app bedtime, which may be perfect for you. So all these options are at sleepcoachschool.com. And with that said, I'll conclude for today. Look forward to having you re uh, back real soon. Bye for now. That was all for today. I hope you found this episode really eye-opening. And if you're looking for something more tangible, then head over to our website, thesleepcoachschool.com. You'll find several coaching options where our teachings can be contextualized for you personally. 
If you decide to join, we look forward to seeing you on the other side.